Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to another episode of Words and Nerds Podcast, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I'm super excited to welcome Megan Daly. Megan studied early childhood teaching with the intention of completing further studies in teacher librarianship and children's literature. Children's Books Daily is Megan's own little space where she connects with other parents, educators, readers, and creators of books and all things children's and YA literature. She's also author of Raising Readers and the currently untitled Nature Book series, which we'll talk about soon. It's so good to see you on the podcast, Megan. We met briefly in Brisbane. We went we to did. Tristan Banks' launch and we said, why have we not talked yes, on the podcast? That's, that's right. ridiculous. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It was so lovely to meet you very, very briefly. <laughs> it was. It was, like, it was a great launch. We got to yeah. hang out in the bookshop and Tristan yeah. always puts on a great launch and you were hosting that. So that was fabulous. I was. Yeah, so you're, you're, an interviewer. Yeah, you're an interviewer yourself. How'd you get into that? Um, oh, through the wonderful and slightly, oh, you know, bossy maybe, am I allowed to say that? Yes. Alison Tate. So <laughs> Shout out to Al. <laughs> Al um, Tate, Al Rushby and I had been running the Your Kids Next Read Facebook yep. together for a while and Alison Tate had um, come into my life soon after my husband passed away uh, five and a half years ago when she took over my website for a time and helped keep um it running over there and she did a wonderful job we've become really firm friends since that time and now we run the your kids next read podcast together and we just love chatting to each other every week it's we have a lot of fun even before we record the podcast (laughs) I love that I love that so much it doesn't Al I always say this to her she has the best podcast voice uh do you know what (laughs) one of my closest friends texted me after she listened to the um first episode and she said Alison Tate has a voice like warm Bailey's. And then I was like, what does my voice sound like? And there was just no reply. (laughs) That is so funny. Well, I, you know, I've had to come to terms with my own voice and particularly my own laugh because Mm. um, I feel like I sound like a bit of a witch when I get really giggly. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, and look, I... I was really paranoid at first. Five years later, uh, editing over 500 episodes, I'm over it. I yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can now listen to myself without cringing. I used to sit in the car listening, thinking, oh, my goodness, I don't want to hear myself. Now I'm just like, ugh. Sometimes like, my children will comment on my voice or something I say and I'm just like, oh, I just don't care. Yeah. Well, you can't. It's your voice. Yes. You can't change it. So it, That's it's right. here to stay, everyone. <laughs> it is. So I'm sorry that uh, Megan and I don't have voices like Honey and Bailey. No, like I know. Take. I know. You'll just have to push through if you're listening. I will. <laughs> Now tell me about Children's Book Daily. It's this beautiful space Mm. on the interwebs uh, for those who really love children's books, which is both of us here. 
Yeah, yeah. Look, I started it oh, a long time ago now. I was on maternity leave and I have, um, I was a little bit bored. I, I really was really missing teacher librarianship and, and my colleagues. And I'd been doing lots and lots of reviews for people all around the place. I was on the executive of the Children's Book Council of Australia at the time. So I was very busy, but I just wanted a place, I guess, where I could store all of my reviews of children's books. And a very dear friend of mine um, set up Children's Books Daily for me and I, away I went and I, I've been blogging there ever since so my eldest child is now 14 nearly 15 so it's been going for oh, around around 11 or 12 years now and I just really enjoyed it and I've met the most wonderful people online and I guess I set it up because at the time when I was on maternity leave with my first child and then my second child I just was aware that so many of my um, peers were talking about children's books and the ones they should be reading to their babies and, you know, discussing when should they start reading to their babies. And my teacher librarian brain kicked into overdrive and thought, oh, you guys need to be doing all of that right now. <laughs> so I thought, oh, I'm just going to talk about this online. And I've I've just loved it. It's been, it's given me something I didn't know I needed. Mm. Oh, I relate to that so much. I was the same when I started the podcast on maternity leave, needing those conversations and yeah. literature and books. They're just such a comfort to you, aren't they? Huge comfort. I've just, you know, those of you who know me well will know that I've, you know, had some tough times. I've had a, a brother pass away, my husband pass away, my dear aunt pass away, mm -hmm. um, all in a very short space of time. And I've always found books such a comfort, um, you know, not just for the words that they give me, but for the space that they give me. And I talk to students that I teach a lot about this now, the way books are, uh, can be like a refuge from a world yeah. that can be a bit dark or a bit busy or a little bit overwhelming at times. So books are, I think, a safe place. They're a place where you find wonderful words and comfort in those words, but they're also just an escape from the world mm. at times. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. And I have the similar thing when I need to escape into books. I think they send to you and make you present oh, as well. Absolutely, mm. yeah. I'm just listening to um, Aurora Rising by Amy Kaufman on audio at the moment, which, you know, my um, nearly 15-year-old had read some years ago and I had read it with her. But I, I started listening to it on audio because my library technician had told me how good the audio recording was. And it's quite a complex book. So I'm finding I really have to concentrate. concentrate. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really good. My dad's really into mindfulness. And I was saying to him just this evening, it's like mindfulness, dad, because I have to like make sure that I'm concentrating on the words and listening and bringing my, mm. my mind back to the voice all the time. So I find it's quite a mindful experience, yeah, I have I, to say. I do too. And I actually find podcasting mindful as well because I find I find it really hard to be present. I'm always doing 14 things at once or thinking about what I have to do and I, I really don't like this quality about myself, but it is who I am and I'm trying to get better at it. But I feel like reading and podcasting keep you in the moment because I can't Absolutely. be I can't be sitting here talking to you and doing 15 other things even yeah. though my brain is firing <laughs> um, you know you have to be present I think that's so much about being mindful about being in that moment yeah that's very true actually and we sound very similar I'm always yeah. doing 
55 million things at once. I was, I'm sort of sewing a bee costume at the same time. Oh. I was just putting together <laughs> the it. legs on my bee costume before oh, I so cute. came online here. So. Well, you can be doing that now while you talk. <laughs> I, I don't mind. I've actually got to make some book week costumes as well. So I should, we should have done this whilst making book week costumes. My, um, one of my child, children have decided they want to go as a giant piranha. So that's going to be oh, a great. That's a wonderful It's going to be great. I just feel like it's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah. And these are the sorts of things I say on our podcast and I say on my website all the time, you know, start the book week costumes mm, back in the January. last lot of school holidays. <laughs> and then, you know, my kids either change their ideas or I change my own idea. And now it's the, you know, now mm. I'm, I'm, it's coming upon me rapidly and I'm sewing arms onto my jumpers. Yes. Um, well, I'll be doing a lot of uh, cardboard cutting this weekend. So I've put the weekend aside to be doing lots of um, hot gluing. <laughs> <laughs> now I know that you've created really strong relationships within the book community and I feel that that is such a strength of the book community tell me about you know those relationships that you forged how that's helped you with your reviews and your writing and you know your librarianship oh that's a really good question I've been lucky enough to be part of the Ipswich District Teacher Librarian Network, which is a long name for one of the best teacher librarian networks in Australia. And it's headed by um, Jenny Stubbs, who is just the most wonderful teacher librarian now, retired and also head of the Story Arts Festival in Ipswich. And my mother's also a teacher librarian, and I've been mentored very much by Jenny Stubbs and by my mother um in the ways of the literary community oh, in australia this. yeah <laughs> so i i feel like i've learned so much um from them both um and you know i joined the children's book council with them and i've I've worked on the executive of that and also just on committees here in Queensland with the Children's Book Council of Australia. And I've absolutely loved the years, the countless hours I did volunteering for the Children's Book Council of Australia. It was like a great apprenticeship into um, this wonderful literary community we have in Australia. So I feel like I've developed these really um, quite natural relationships with authors and illustrators over the years where Many years ago, I fangirled over them terribly. Um, and nowadays, I'm lucky enough to call a lot of them my really close friends. And certainly the teach librarians and members of the CBCA that I've worked with over the years, you know, I would count them amongst my closest friends, mm. um, many of them. So I've been really, really lucky, I think, having a mother who's a teach librarian and then, you know, being able to grow up as a teacher librarian alongside um, Jenny Stubbs and watch all that she does here in Queensland with authors and running enormous events and and you know it's been a, an absolute privilege and I would change none of it mm, I love that so much my mum's also a librarian oh see we come <laughs> from good stock don't we that's right always been a love of books in my house as well yeah um so it's, it's, I like how you're talking about that your mother's librarian and I was an English teacher actually so uh, yeah all yeah. of that stuff yeah. but librarians I want to talk about librarians because there was this whole sort of thing where we're going to replace our libraries because nobody mm. needs them anymore and of course we were all horrified because it's ridiculous because libraries are so much more than spaces that hold books yeah you know, libraries they obviously are that but they're community and their connection yeah. and they're like you said events and author events mm -hmm. and their learning and their engagement and you know what would all of us do without libraries in our lives so talk to me about the importance yeah. of libraries in schools and in communities 
I have been, look, I'm a really loud person. That's another reason I guess I, I have a podcast and I, I speak at events because I'm quite loud and I can be a bit outspoken. And I have been very outspoken over the years about the role of the teach librarian and school libraries, um, so much so that I was involved into an inquiry into the relevance of school libraries um, many, many years ago with Marge Osborne and members of the CBCA executive here in Queensland. And um, you know, I've been involved, I guess, from that like research side of things as well. I've, I've recently had a PhD um, candidate who's now published their PhD, who was, um, I guess, shadowing me for some months, about six months, I think, and looking at what I do as a teacher librarian and how to maybe quantify that and collect data around how teacher librarians um, really help with that reading for enjoyment. But how do we quantify reading for enjoyment in our students because that's always a problem with teacher librarians we can't necessarily quantify what we do mm. and some of us you know not everybody that works in the library space is loud like me sometimes people work in the library space because they think it's going to be a nice quiet, quiet and orderly <laughs> job you know so you need um people like me who are, are quite need to stand up on box and and but not all of us are able to do that so I hope that I've used my social media platform and my book and my speaking work to um, advocate for the role of teacher librarians we are very much at the hub of many primary and secondary schools in Australia and like you say they're not just about the books although of course that's a huge part of them but they're also places where um, a lot of school libraries now have maker spaces and I've been so fortunate to work um, in a job share position with a wonderful woman called Jackie Child who's um, known as Tinkering Child online and she's lots of teach librarians will know Jackie Child a former rally car driver turned librarian oh, wow and, yeah. that's a combination you don't hear very often I, know. I like it I know she's very cool and um, so you know I've been very very lucky to work with some amazing librarians and we've been able to I guess show what is possible in libraries that they are places of collaboration and of community and of learning and of finding information and creating information they're wonderfully creative spaces so I just you know I could talk about the importance of school libraries all day I just absolutely adore them and I'm pleased to see that more and more they are being valued in schools. Yeah, absolutely. I think the talk of taking them away horrified everybody. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> we had to go and advocate um, yeah. to keep them, which is which is strange because I know my kids, they love, you know, being outside playing, but they love just as much going to the library when it's that kind of day, you know, and I just think they're beautiful that's safe right. and spaces. That's, that's, yeah, you really hit the nail on the head there. They're often that place of refuge. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if the school playground is incredibly busy, isn't it? And you don't yeah. always want to be running around on the oval or playing Beyblades and handball and whatever they're doing. <laughs> you know, sometimes you do want that quieter um, space of refuge. But, yeah. you know, likewise, my library is not very quiet. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it needs to be it a quiet to no. be a refuge. No. You know, if you've got that no. buzzy vibe, I mean, yeah. that's enough, yeah. isn't it? You walk into it a room and you've got that buzzy vibe. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, tell me, I know that you, this is your passion, but tell me about your book, raising readers um so I wrote my book raising readers um when the wonderful Christina Schulz who was then working at UQP kind of had been like 
following me, not following me around, but she'd come to a couple of my events. <laughs> Stalking she was like, you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> she'd come to a few of my, she'd um, sort of met me a few times and, and said, you know, I really feel like a lot of the stuff that you talk about on your website and in your presentations, it's the basis of a book. And mm. I remember saying to her at the time, oh, no, I can't write. I don't know where to put commas, apostrophes and all those <laughs> sorts of things. I'm a primary school teacher. Um that I um, I was at that stage, I think, teaching prep. And I, you know, she sort of kept talking to me about it and I guess nurturing me as a writer. And I realised at that point that, in fact, my my blog really was um, my practice for writing a book. Mm, you know, sure. All of those years where I wrote almost daily on my blog, that was really, I guess, my apprenticeship for becoming an author. And I took um, a lot of the ideas from my website and I, I, I fleshed them out and I put them into my book with the, what, the help of the absolutely wonderful team at UQP Publishing. And, um, yeah, I just was so unbelievably nurtured as a writer by the team at UQP and I'm really proud of my book and it's done mm. incredibly well it's been translated into lots of different languages I'm looking wow at the, that's um, amazing Turkish version on my shelf at the moment and a Korean version and a oh Chinese that is version. cool so yeah it's been fantastic I've I've been really humbled by the response that it has had and the people that it's connected with and um it's been a wonderful experience and something I never, I guess, anticipated doing. And now mm. it's become, writing's become such an important part of my uh, filling myself up creatively, I guess. So mm. I've, I've loved it. Oh, I love that. I love all of that so much. And, you know, when you said you were nurtured as a, as a you know, baby writer, yeah. that is just exactly what the book community are like. Yeah, you know, is. And you, yeah. you kind of don't expect it because, you know, life is not always like that. You know, life is competitive mm -hmm. and, you know, I don't know that there's a community that I've been a part of that is that supportive and encouraging of people who have just dipped their toe in. You know, I'm experiencing that now as a writer mm. and it's just – and the amazing support that come from everywhere, you just can't describe it. No, it really is amazing, isn't it? I think we're incredibly fortunate in Australia to have such a um, such a vibrant and supportive yeah, writing beautiful. industry. It's mm -hmm. wonderful online and offline. And, you know, I, you see those real friendships develop between groups of writers, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And that, mm. like you said, you know, you, you were in just interviewing these people or knowing yeah. these people and then all of a sudden they become you know your friends and you forge these yeah, friendships because right. you have you know these similar things and I think you know particularly in creative industries it almost takes another creative person to understand all those processes and the hurdles oh, and the difficulties doesn't and, it yeah you know, so it's almost <laughs> you know helpful to have those people um yeah. saying you know that's happened to me that's okay you'll push through or it's just part of the process you know yeah so, that's right that is yeah. a real comfort. Now, you've also got another book coming out with Walker Books. It's currently untitled, but it's part of the yeah. Nature Story book series. Tell me about yeah. this. Oh, I've loved the Nature Story book series for a long time, and I have reviewed them on my website for many years. And as a teacher librarian, I use them, oh, without a doubt, I would use the whole series at least two or three times a year with different year levels from prep up to, I teach up to grade three at the moment. And um, in my role as a teacher librarian and I just love the series they're a narrative non-fiction series I've just always loved them and again I was incredibly fortunate um Walker Books approached me and asked me if I would be interested in 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 doing one in the series and I had um because I had been 
um, talking about them for so long. And I also had written some sample texts with some of my students, um, some of the nature storybooks ones I'd um, done, like I'd written, co-written texts with my year ones and twos and, and had a wonderful time with those. So I had put together one on native bees, which is another massive passion of mine. And um, I was talking to Walker Books about, you know, you need a native bee one. And they were like, well, well, you could do that. So I wrote one on native bees and I'm really excited about it that's amazing and so you can just basically sit around do your thing and the publishers come to you it's the dream (laughs) you are living the dream (laughs) living the dream but you know I work like you know so funny isn't it it's like um yeah instant you know it just happened that easily didn't it but it is funny isn't it because you're the same you work in the industry for such a long time and I think people get to know your style of writing and speaking and the way you work and so then they are like oh that would be a good fit for such and such and that's actually worked really well for me because I work as a teacher librarian I've got four children I don't sit around not that any authors sit around coming up with ideas all of the time but I literally have zero spare hours in a day also I feel you none of my children (laughs) sleep so it's like literally 24 7 somebody is knocking on my door or kicking me in the head um so when people come to me and are like oh you know what do you think about doing such and such I'm like yeah I can totally do that and <laughs> and then I'm able to sit down and yeah. and um and I've got this really good system with my dad who's an academic where we um you know so once I sort of had this this idea about the the native bee book I then go away with my dad a couple of times a year for a couple of days and we don't talk <laughs> and we just meet for coffee every couple of hours and we both write 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 and oh, I'm really that. good at setting aside time and just slamming out writing Mm. and then going through six months of editing to a year um to sort out my commas and apostrophes but um (laughs) I I am you know I'm very good at disciplining myself and sitting Mm. down and writing in big chunks of time I love that time you have away with your dad that you just have this focus (laughs) you don't talk you get work done but you're still together I love that and someone said that to me not long ago because you always have this we always talk about it, about, you know, being so busy and having that mother guilt of like, oh, I've mm. spent enough time with my children today. Mm. And someone said, well, you don't always have to be doing something with them 24-7. You can be sitting alongside them doing your own thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, so yeah. you can. You know, yeah, so it's quite right. a revelation that you're still together and still sharing yeah. the same space. You yeah. don't always have to be playing, you know, 24 no, hours a day. <laughs> I, I've really, it's been a lovely thing to do with my dad mm. as an adult. And you're right, that's very true. Like a dad is actually still parenting as well given he's the one making the coffees um but you <laughs> Good know, on your dad you know we we just sit alongside each other mum gets upset that she's never allowed to come on these three days away but she would talk so we don't you know, she's, she's not, not invited. invited she'd ruin the, the silent vibe she would <laughs> but it is funny when you go back no matter how old your parents has you regress to that oh child. like when I go to my mum's I literally turn into the teenage girl who rummages through the fridge and says what kind of chocolate have you got yeah and then then at my dad's I'm like oh can you please cook me this and can you please take care of me and it's like how old am I I know (laughs) something we've got to look forward to for our children yeah that's right (laughs) I love that well you've just been such an important part of the book industry and I just I love speaking to you I've been wanting to talk to you for a while about all the beautiful things that you do what advice do you have for people out there who want to get a book out or who want to become a librarian or part of the book industry what's your kind of go-to look I think you have to work out what is really of 
what's your where do you fit in the in the children's book world or the literary community within Australia if you want to write one of the most important things is to just keep at it and practice and practice and practice and practice I look back at those early days now of my blog and I've never taken down that stuff because it's important to see the progression of my writing but I look back at where I started and where I am now and I really have found my voice and I know my voice now and I'm I can you know hone in on that but it's practice you can Mm. You know, it, look, it's that old, I'm I'm really bad at exercise, but I have a good friend who's a PE teacher and she, you know, always talks about the importance of practice and training and it's the same with writing mm. and you just have to keep at it and at it and really set aside that almost training time yeah. and, and and just keep at your, your craft. And then in terms of entering the library world, it's such a wonderful world to inhabit. You know, my library technician, the wonderful Mrs. Malter, um, she's really, she's not come from the library industry. She's been quite new to the library industry in Australia, but you can just see she's found her place as well. And there's always different opportunities within the library system to be, you know, a library technician, a library assistant, a teacher librarian, a public librarian, a straight librarian. It's, there's so many different roles that you can have within the industry it's um and the you know I I also do some occasional lecturing at university in the teacher librarian space and it's really interesting every time I've gone back and looked at like the way we catalog book or the skiss or the Dewey decimal system and that sort of things I think oh I remember why I love it there is an order to it but um you know the Dewey decimal system is you know obviously very ordered but it's it's a wonderful I don't know. It's such a wonderful science and craft librarianship. So it's a wonderful world to inhabit. I love the world of librarianship. I know sometimes we get stereotyped, but I am totally happy to own the stereotype. <laughs> own it, I reckon. Own it and wear it with pride. And I just love hearing you speak about, you know, your passion for that because that's what I really enjoy, speaking to people about what they're passionate about, you know, and that's why I speak about people's books and where they came from. And then when I'm speaking to you about, you know, your love of librarianship and the importance of it, you can just see, you know, I think anyone with a passion is, is you know, worth everything. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. You've got to really enjoy what you're doing, don't yeah. you? And yeah. I've been very fortunate. I mean, look, I've worked incredibly hard, but I've also been really fortunate, like I said, to have been nurtured by you know, my mom and, and other people in the industry. And, and I've been able to include, I guess, a lot of my passions. Like I've always mm. had this thing for bees and native bees and, and agriculture and gardening. So I've been able to incorporate some of that. And I guess mm. I really have appreciated the um, opportunities that I've found. And I found my niche, I think, mm. in the children's books world, book world. I really enjoy that kind of narrative nonfiction space and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, I found my niche and it's Maybe an unusual little niche, but I'm very happy with it. Mm, absolutely. You do you do find your place, I think. That's really mm. nice. And I'm really looking forward to your uh, book that is coming out as well yeah. next year. That's right. I think in 2024. Okay, sure. Schedule on those nature story books. <laughs> I think I'm in 2024, okay. but I'm really looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, really important. Um, yeah yeah Max Hamilton is illustrating it and she's just wonderful I love following her on social media and in fact I was so I got very teary when they emailed me about who was illustrating my book because I had 
I have a number of Max Hamilton bee, native bee prints on the wall in oh, my kitchen. Wow. And I got the email and looked up at all these prints that I have of hers framed on my wall. And I was just like, oh, you couldn't have picked anybody better. Wow. So I'm really excited wow. about it. That's really, really special. I love yep. that. Well, we look forward to that one. And we look forward to, as always, everything that, you know, you talk about and review about books. It is your passion. You're always coming up with the goods. And I love looking at your website. So, so much. <laughs> I really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great to hear. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having the chat today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been so nice to chat. <laughs>